sometimes that hand goes straight to like the bra class. I'm like, excuse me. Right. Can we take a moment to smell the flowers, please? Let's have like, some reverence. I feel like mom at the dinner table being like, hold on, let's say grace. Like, come on. Are you thankful or what? Welcome back to Not For Everyone. I'm Jess. That's Caroline. We took a week off last week and we're back and we are bringing the fucking energy. And I immediately have to tell you, just the thought that I had during this break, and I want to know if it's relatable at all. Okay, cool. Okay, I dog sat for a friend of mine for a couple days. I got back from Thanksgiving and she was still gone. And I stayed with her dog for a night or two. and. I was like really weird about, okay, context, context, context. I live alone in a one bedroom apartment. I walk around naked all the time. My bathroom is separate from my bedroom. So I have to walk like down the hallway to get into my bathroom in the shower, whatever. And I'm often like, take off my clothes in my bedroom, walk down the hallway naked to my shower. That's a normal thing to do for me. But when this dog was there, I was no, really fucking weird about Jess. It. Jess. No, I was afraid that's what you were going to say. I was like, I can't be naked in front of not only a dog, like a dog is one thing, but somebody else's dog. It's like being naked so in front funny. of someone else's kid. Like, wow. If it was my dog, I think it would be different. I've never had a dog of my own, which might also like change this like i'm not used to having a dog around to experience nakedness in front of it, i was so weird about it i was like timid and i would be like go over go over there you can't see <laughs> you don't um, i i do kind of get it i do i do kind of get it but mostly it makes me laugh to think of you like <laughs> scuttling around corners in front of this dog who like doesn't give a fuck unless you have a treat hidden in your pussy like he doesn't care <laughs> i might i was like literally hiding behind doors like it was it was pretty so weird you were of me concerned but but not concerned enough to like get a towel well the towels i'm walking from bedroom to bathroom the towels are in my bathroom my robe is in my bathroom right maybe i should set everything up differently I don't know. I feel like you were kind of teasing the dog. I just felt like <laughs> my friend didn't give me permission to be naked in front of her dog. That's a crazy sentence. Yeah, <laughs> but a true one. That's true. That's true. I wish when she, she had dropped the dog off with you and you were like given, you know, they. I always feel like I get instructions like feed him at this time and this many. Screen. I have to write it down or else I'm going to forget. Like I'm not listening to anything you tell me for instructions for your dog. I got to write it down. And then yeah. you'd be like, oh, read nevertheless. <laughs> Can I just clarify one point? How is your, what's your dog's relationship to human nudity? What is your dog's relationship to my vagina? And How do you feel out? about me? Yeah. being naked yeah that i don't know i get weird with dogs i was about to adopt a dog and i i backed up from that after this experience i was like i don't yeah. think i'm ready i was literally in the process like talking to the adoption center and okay. had this experience and i was like never mind i'm not ready yeah you would have to like find like an, a nudity approved dog and stuff <laughs> it would be a whole thing well, it's actually like, it is a funny, it's a good, it's a good question. I kind of do get it. 
And it makes me think, I'm like, where's the line? Like, I would, I think I'd be fine being naked in front of a dog. I think the whole time I'm kind of thinking like, oh, this is a treat for you. You don't even know. Um, but, <laughs> but. Would you have sex in front of a dog? No. I think a lot of people feel weird about that. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't masturbate in front of a dog. Me neither. I wouldn't love to have sex in front of a dog. I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't love it. Correct. I wouldn't like it. And I have had sex with a dog pawing at the door, you know? Hmm, huh, yeah. Like we we were like, dog has to go in the other room. We're about That's to do this. Close the door. No. But then That's the dog's like whining and pawing. It is distracting. So is it better to just let them be in here? <laughs> no, that's weird. Because then they're like, they can get up and like lick you and like they're licking oh stuff sometimes. And yeah. Yeah, they'd be licking you sometimes because they love smells and mm-hmm. stuff. I think that's part of the reason. Yeah. A dog loves my crotch. Like every dog goes totally. straight to her, you know? Yeah. And I get it. She's putting out pheromones day in, day out, working hard for the money. But <laughs> she's a single mom who works two jobs to provide, but to yeah. Provide. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like I have a certain chemical thing that attracts a lot of dogs, even when I'm clothed. So imagine being naked around them i just i yeah, don't know i think no i i get it i it actually makes me feel it makes me feel vulnerable like if they want to just attack at some point i don't really like the way this conversation is going but <laughs> it is an interesting question <laughs> it does relate it does relate to some of the notes that i saved on my notes list for the yeah. podcast tell i tell te- the people <laughs> I, I already texted you about this because i was <laughs> I was sitting down like 30 minutes ago to prep for the pod and be like, okay, what are the thoughts? What are the important, (laughs) insightful thoughts I collected for the podcast this week? And we're doing a hot takes episode, y'all, today. But I was like, you know, maybe we need an opening segment. And I opened up (laughs) my notes, which I haven't looked at in a couple of weeks since we took time off. And top of the list, top of the list, sandwiched. Sandwiched among reflections about anxiety and panic attacks and, you know, professional boredom is a note that just says, are animals gay? (laughs) I guess it's a question. And then below that, there's another question, which just says, could an animal be a pedophile? Right. (laughs) And I don't see why not. Why not? I think I think animals can be gay. Right. I would say so. So here's the thing. First of all, your question is written. You said your dog is trans. You said your sister's dog is trans. <laughs> My sister's dog. We sometimes <laughs> joke that he's trans or that he prefers they. they pronouns, they, he maybe, or that he's gay. But so I think that's entirely possible. I think it's funny the way your question was written because it's are dogs gay as opposed to <laughs> can dogs be gay? <laughs> like, is every dog gay? Are all dogs gay for dogs? They're kind of gay for dogs. Is that why they have to be bred? Because, like, they don't want to, the men and women don't want to have sex with each other because they're all gay. You so know, we have to force anything, them. You know, <laughs> they're whatever that's sexuality true. makes you want to have sex with a pillow. That's what dogs are. That's true. Or, and, like, my ankle. But could a dog be a pedophile? Well, dog years are different, too. That's a great point, Jess. A four-year-old dog is like a grown-ass man who shouldn't be sniffing a two-year-old dog. You are saying, you're just giving out the lines that every dog pedophile says when they're in court. They're saying, dog, here's are different. He is an old soul. He looked older. He's an old soul. Four times seven is 28. That you are repeating the words of every dog pedophile ever. You feel good about that? 
I, I mean, I'm just putting my mind in the mind of a dog pedophile because to understand the enemy, you have to get in their head. <laughs> That's true. What's the age cutoff? What makes you a, a dog child? Well, it's more like the age difference. Yeah, what's the age difference that's allowed? So I feel like under two years, you're a child. Two years old, you're still a kid. I think when a dog turns three, they're like 28 years old in human They're ready years. to fuck. No, isn't it time seven? Where, do, where are you getting this math? I don't know. I just said it. Time seven? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that I don't even know. The time seven thing, I never understood. Is that supposed to be like science or is that just like something someone said? I don't know. I don't know how the people who came up with this figured it out in the first place. Like, I think you can just decide what you think based on okay, your dog. Yeah. So seven. Oh, okay. Based on what dog you want to fuck. This dog, dog years are times <laughs> oh, 20 years. I'm, yeah. I'm validating the dog pedophiles. <laughs> A lot of defending of the, uh, yeah, okay. You know, I have to segue real quick because this was, this is related to our first hot take on our list, which was. Oh, what? Okay, wait, I'm wait, pretty I sure. actually don't even, where's the list? Okay, okay, I found it. There's oh, a list. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you made okay. it. You made the list. <laughs> I made the list. My bad. <laughs> yeah, but the first one was age differences in relationships, right? Yeah, these are hot takes that y'all sent in in DMs or I think people should start leaving their hot take requests, their topic requests as comments. Yeah. On our Instagram posts instead. Because then people because, can like them. We can see Yeah, what's... because people can say what they're interested in. I think y'all need to start leaving these as comments on the Instagram posts. I is love what that. I think. But one somebody submitted was they want a hot take on age gaps in relationships. Immediately, it works different for dogs and humans. I think that's the first thing we wanted to get that's out of the way. That's the first thing we want to say. <laughs> of course. Of course it is. Big disclaimer. Um, I mean... I'm in a relationship where how many years of an age difference do we have? Seven. Your dog? Yeah. My dog is 39. He's my dog. <laughs> okay. I'm 32. Um, yeah, my boyfriend is seven or eight years older than me. I don't uh, think that's weird. I no. actually am having a great experience with that. I think it just changes based on like, it's more about life stage, probably, and like maturity level. And it, yeah, I think the diff the age difference that I see as generally acceptable gets bigger as the people get older. Like the the mm -hmm. width of the the gap can get bigger. So I don't the know. That's my general take. But you made you made a joke that was going to be my joke for this, which was <laughs> Nikki Glaser has a joke actually about guys who always date younger women and how they're always like she's an old soul like you don't get it like she's super she's mature and she's an old soul and she like loves like classic rock and like whatever they say yeah. um so yeah that's the that's like that's if i were to roast those people but then again i'm i'm younger than my boyfriend so i don't know i don't know what do you think oh yeah i think it depends on i think it just depends on the couple like you said like i think some people when I, I first was like, oh, I do want to talk about this. I think it's an interesting topic because I have a bunch of friends who are like, uh, I couldn't, I like this guy, but he's, you know, they're 33 mm. and he's 28. And like, that's so much younger. And usually like when I was 30, I was most recently dating at 31. I think my lowest age cutoff was 29 because by and large, yes, I did find that by and large, most of the men younger than that we're just like not in the place I needed mm -hmm. them to be. Um, 
But then if you have an individual, like a specific person who is like meeting all the maturity and emotional and life stage, whatever standards, I don't think it fucking matters because on the other end, dating someone who is your age, listen, they come immature at all ages. Guarantees nothing. Yeah, guarantees fucking nothing. I kind of feel the same way when people are like, oh, but they've never been in a relationship as if that's like so bad. I don't think the individuals I've met who are like in their first relationship at an older age have, I don't think I've ever seen them being bad at it. And by the, like on the other end, be having been in a bunch of relationships doesn't make you fucking good at it. So I think it just, these are the things I feel like I hear people say a lot that trips them up maybe on paper. And I'm like, I don't think it, I just think it depends on the individual and like what you're looking for. Although I do get fucking sus, a little little sus when it's, you know, the 50 year old guy who's, dating the 20 year old all the time and yeah. they actually could be a great couple i'm not saying you can't be but that does feel like eh, it feels like it might be a tough uh presentation to society for you guys but best luck to you i think actually the weirdest one is when i see like 30 some year olds dating like you know 20 something 30 something year old dating like a 40 something for like late 40s i'm like you're about to organize a 50th birthday <laughs> and then and then you're gonna help this person retire and then you're gonna be their nurse like that happens pretty quickly yeah 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 it's a slippery slope i do think that like if somebody has a pattern like an older man always dating younger women that's different than like i don't know if it happens once and whatever best of luck to them like you said that's a lot I, it's still so fucking sus to me like you know yeah yeah like i i'm gonna i'm gonna clock it i can be proven wrong but I could also be proven right. Like I could very easily prove this point, but I could also be proven wrong. I'm not, I'm leaving room for that to be okay, I guess is what I'm saying. But yeah. I also think there's something interesting and this isn't really what the hot take topic was, but when you were talking about like a 35 year old and a 29 year old and like setting your age preferences on dating apps, I always think that's a really interesting phenomenon. Like I, I used to set mine mm. From when I was, I guess, 31 from 28 to 38. And I think it started narrower, like it started 30 to 35. And then you kind of like have seen everybody that's on the app and you're like, okay, I need a few other guys in the mix. Let me expand it by a year. And then it's like, let me expand it by a year. And then if you really think about it, like the difference between 28 and 29 is a year, you know, like it's. You're, these are marginal differences, but at some point they add up. So it's almost arbitrary. Like, yeah, why is 28 OK? Totally. But 27 isn't, you know, and it's and it's not necessarily. Yeah. But I think those years matter more the younger you are. Like, the, remember, yeah. like the difference between like a 16 year old and a 17 year old. You're like, we could <laughs> yeah. never speak to each other. What would we have in common? But then 28, 29. Yeah, I do think there's a difference. So I think I had mindset 29 to 37 because I noticed I wasn't opposed to somebody older but I noticed at 37 I was like I'm sorry I'm sorry if you're older at this point but I was like that person looks a lot older than me after like 37 ish Mm -hmm. it was like you look I don't know there's a look right yeah the only way it's okay with my boyfriend is he's black and black don't crack um It wasn't even that like it that they looked less good. It was just it looked like I was dating some. I to me when I looked at it, I was like, 
you just look like a different generation. Yeah, the match. You two next to each other looked weird. It, yeah, it was something about it that just felt like you've lived you've lived a different life. I don't know. It actually wasn't really about aesthetics. It was just it felt too different somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also have friends like one of my good guy friends and he just got married to this girl. But he used to have his dating apps or he used to be staunchly one of those guys that was like, she has to be younger than me. And I always called that's him on that. Weird. I always that's thought that was weird. That's weird. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing to say. Literally, like, he was 30. Okay. He was 30. Okay. And his dating apps were set, like, whatever. I don't know what the lower range was, but up to 29 or yeah. something for girls. Yeah. And it was, like, a weird thing that he was obsessed with. Lo and behold, he met I his now wife. Why? I know. I used to give him so much shit for it. Um, why? He met his now wife in person, not on a dating okay. app, and she's a year older yeah. than him. And they're oh now my married. God. Uh, how is oh it my working? god, crazy! Oh. I know, oh but god. I always, I always tease him about that. I'm like, uh oh, you're you're with a woman who's a year older. What's that mean about you? This isn't what you were. You what know, does it I don't. Mean? <laughs> I mean, I just think some people get these hangups in their head, like a guy who yes. thinks the woman has to be younger than him for some reason. And lone, you know, it's funny. I love having that example because I'm just like, clearly that doesn't matter because you ended up with someone who's perfect for you, who happens to be a year older than you. You're basically the same age. This doesn't, it's like negligible. You're the same fucking age, bro. I totally agree. I think that people really hurt themselves with the list that they make up, the things that they think are important, um, the things you think will make you happy. I think we're really not good at actually even understanding what will make us happy. I'm trying to think of height i don't fucking know i don't know i was all i don't know i always always remembered and i thought of this actively while dating that like it's gonna be someone you don't expect it's gonna be someone you don't expect and i was like totally on board with that and so i was always picturing like the biggest freaks i could imagine (laughs) and then and then i met justin and everything about him is like he's like i don't know he's like not a freak he's he has it so together and he's so responsible and he's so kind and he's so tender and he's so funny and he's so smart. And I think he's so, I mean, he's fucking hot. And, um, and I was like, oh shit, that is the one thing I didn't expect, which was just someone who was like great and functioning. Was, like, was like normal. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing that I, that was the thing I least expected. Yeah. Well, when you start to expect it. Yeah. It's like, Okay, they're telling me it's going to be someone I don't expect. So now I'm picturing what that is. So that is what you're starting to expect. You know what I mean? It's like never what is in your head. Love it, love it, love it. We nailed it. We nailed it. That was pretty like a nebulous answer, but I think we nailed it. That's how hot takes go. We don't actually ever give a hot take. We never give it fast. It's never something unheard of. Very rarely. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most reasonable, even keel, nuanced, generous. Yeah. Okay. It's just that sometimes we want topics that we didn't come up with. Okay. And we're going to say what we think about it. That's it. That's it. Okay. The next one. Oh, kind of related in a way is baby voice so speaking to a partner or in general in like a cutesy high-pitched baby i don't even want to demonstrate it i am oh my god i am she's an offender an offender of this occasionally and my boyfriend hates it when we were talking i mean he accepts it from me and like he doesn't actually do anything 
if if that ends up happening and I start talking in that voice, he doesn't do anything to like demonstrate that he hates it or shuts <laughs> me down or anything. But I know from our early conversations in dating when we would just have those conversations about like, oh, what are your what are your turnoffs? You know, what are the things that like you really don't like or your red flags or whatever? He didn't have very many. And honestly, neither do I. Like, I'm pretty open minded. But his one thing I remember him saying was he hates <laughs> baby voice. <laughs> and I was like, I kind of do that. <laughs> the evilest the evilest yeah. most mysterious baby place an evil baby but i understand why people wouldn't like it i don't know what's your what is your oh, opinion i'm a huge offender i'll say this justin and i are both huge offenders and i'm not justin gonna stop is. yeah justin totally is <laughs> and um and it's so disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so, well, it's so disgusting when other people do it. No one else should do a baby voice. Nobody should. And don't ever let me hear you doing it in public. First of all, yes. it's, don't, don't ever bring this into public. That's bad. That's bad. And, and only I should be allowed to do it ever. And no one else should, basically. It's a very in private. It's as personal and like exposed if it happens in the wild as your spotify wrapped like who your tops what your top songs were like this is that <laughs> level there's like masturbation spotify wrapped and your baby voice are the three things that are deeply personal <laughs> i think this is more like masturbation i think this is like okay it's beautiful for you but no one wants to see that shit yeah yeah mm. yeah i'm a big it's offender. rough but I do it. I do it. And I love it. And I can't stop it. It just comes over you. I definitely have. Okay. What's it called? Cuteness aggression. Where like when I when I'm feeling like something is so cute, whether it's a puppy or just like a moment with my boyfriend or whatever oh, it yeah, is. And it's just like, what I'm what just like, oh, it's so that. cute. I want to <laughs> choke you and I'm going to talk like a baby and I can't control what's happening. And like that's just oh, that's yeah, just, just how you know I love God. you. So I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna kiss you till you die. Lock us up. Lock us up. That's my favorite thing you say. Oh, what's my favorite? Kiss you till you die. Kiss, yeah, kiss, kiss you till I die. That's one of my favorite things that you say. Yeah. I also like when you say whatever, like sweet as can be, or whatever it was. <laughs> you just say these <laughs> phrases in like passing. I'm like, who talks like that? I'm my baby does. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm fiery about the next one, y'all. Tell us. Go for it. This one's bad. This one's bad. <sighs> Somebody wrote in. Uh, I hate this. I've spoken. I have spoken to people about this in on my private time. I've spent time talking about this. Apple watches at formal events. And actually, I would extend the hot take to say Apple watches basically anytime Stop. for a woman, anytime you're dressed up, anytime you're in a dress or dressed up. Uh, what I just want to be like, what was the fucking point of getting dressed up? I, I hate it. To me, it looks like wearing sneakers with a formal dress. You, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to say something mean. Is everyone okay with that for a moment? Please. Say I'm going to say something I'm getting mean. crucified. I'm going to say something mean right now. When I see you, oh, look at you. All right, Justice wearing it. Put my just Apple knows Watch I love her. In frame. Okay. In a formal, would you wear it to a formal event? Listen, you and my mom can yell at me about this because my mom literally bought me like this really nice watch last year for Christmas. And she asked me when I was home for Thanksgiving, have you worn the watch? And I was like, um, no, I just kind of wear my Apple watch every day. And she was like, but what about at a wedding or something? And I was like, oh my God, not at a wedding. Just no, I have reasons. No, I agree with you. It looks bad. 
Unless your reason is you want to look like a dork and you want to ruin your outfit. It does look dorky. Yes. I'm I, saying I, it. It's a it's the dorkiest fucking thing you can do. And I'm a fucking dork. OK, I'm a dork. I know that. But so are you. Oh, oh, oh I totally am. And, and this is one of the reasons why for sure. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. However, <laughs> I still do it. And I think the reason is because if I'm at a wedding and I'm on the dance floor and whatever, my phone you're is in my purse steps. somewhere else. You're counting your steps. I mean, okay. it does count the steps, but Be without that's, your phone, motherfucker. that's not really the reason. No, it's like, uh, what if something happens and oh, someone needs to get in touch with me? What if I have a meeting while I'm at the me? dance floor? Oh my, what if, what if there's an emergency while I'm on the dance floor? I don't know. It's that. What if I have a Zoom call? It's the call? texting. What if my no. friend is somewhere else at the wedding and something's going wrong and she needs me, then needs to find you get me? A, you you got to like revisit the 1980s for a moment of being like, where are they? You get to wonder. Jess, the answer is you get to wonder. You get to wonder. Yeah. You got you to try wondering more. I'm too oh. much of a control freak and everyone's mom at these events to be able to like not have that access. Yeah. But I... I see the flaws in myself. I can own it. Okay. Listen, I really, I really do get mad when I see people really mostly in a dress. If I see you in a dress with an Apple watch, I kind of want to smack, I kind of want to smack you. I turn to violence. This one to say, what if we can take, let's find a compromise. Okay. So you have needs. You have to, you refuse to wonder where people are. <laughs> what if you take the, just the face of the Apple watch and you just slice it between your two toes? Sure. Between your T-toes. I could. And you, then you can, you can have it in there and still not be wearing sneakers with your dress. <laughs> I could. I could think about that. Um, I'm going to take it under advisement. Okay. It also feels, I wear it every single day and it feels weird. My wrist feels weird without it at this point. So it's another sure. one of those things of like, I right, guess I, yeah. would, I would have to put something else there. You're not going to approve of a bracelet. So I'm going to have to wear you can a wear different a bracelet. watch. No, I will allow a bracelet. I will allow a bracelet or a different watch. What changed? What changed? Well, I don't want to wear a bracelet. <laughs> and I don't, under- I don't understand why you would want to be encumbered in such a way, but I'm not going to stop you. Okay, but you will stop me. You will stop me from the Apple Watch. You'll say, here, have slap this bracelet. It off your wrist. I will Got slap it. it off of your wrist. Yes, yes. And you'll slap on one of those slap bracelets. Do you remember those? I love those. I was just thinking of those. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, that seems... Similar. Like the right bracelet <laughs> to wear yeah, to a The only kind of, that's a bangle. I love bangles. And by bangles, I mean slap bracelets. <laughs> I know a bunch of people are pissed about this right now. And I implore you to remember that I don't give a fuck. Okay. Don't care. Here's the thing. I think offenders of this like very much agree with you. Like, oh, they're so, they're religious about it. We all know. It. We all Ugh. know that it doesn't look good and that it looks like it you're wearing so sneakers bad. with a dress. We all know, and yet, it's so, I mean, kudos to Apple, because they've created a product that, like, I don't want to be apart from. Jess, you're describing an addiction. Well, the reason I don't want to stop doing heroin is because I'm really used (laughs) to doing it. Like, yeah, I believe you. I believe you. Right. Right. It's it's all I have to say for myself. It's the only leg I can stand (laughs) on. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Put the heroin between your tits, you know? Wouldn't you like that? Everybody would like that. (laughs) Everyone would like that. And then when you get a text, it can like glow and you get like a little underglow. That's cute. Okay, that's cute. Under your face and stuff. And then you'd be like, ooh, somebody texted me. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, you just sold it. You sold it. You know. She can sell anything. And then then I'm picturing you. I'm picturing you on the dance floor, then holding just the face of your Apple Watch like a phone and trying to text on it. I think that'd be cute. It's the worst. Yeah. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Something to think about. 
Next. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Wait. I didn't understand some of these. Okay, pick one you didn't understand. So one of them was... Yeah, explain this to me. Layering toilet paper in public restrooms so strangers can't hear you pee. No, I don't understand it either. That's why it's on the list, because I don't understand it either. I mean, I understand what they're describing, but I don't understand how you live, how you live a life this way. There are two separate things happening here. There's layering toilet paper on the toilet seat in a public restroom not because you feel about. like that's helping the cleanliness. And then there's not wanting strangers to hear you pee in a public restroom. But how does layering toilet paper combat that? Where are you putting the toilet paper? They're saying they're, la- I think they're saying they're layering toilet paper on the water, on the surface of the water in the <laughs> toilet so that their pee hits the toilet no. paper on the surface of the water. People so do that this? people can't hear them pee. Bro, bro, you walked into a bathroom stall. I'm going to assume you peeing in there or I'm going to assume worse. Like <laughs> I, I, I've what? never heard of this, but somebody wrote it in layering it on top of the water so are we filling it all the way to the brim you think no i don't think it's all the way to the brim i just think that like it i mean yeah if you have like a i guess if you pee onto like that there's toilet paper on top of like the water surface what is that is that the meniscus no it's not the meniscus what's the word i'm thinking of this what's the science word where like the water has tension at the top so if you like oh i know what you mean okay first of all we're scientists so how do we not know this um what is the meniscus what is the the puddle top (laughs) <laughs> top. Wait, wait, wait. Water tension at the top is called. My search terms will be puddle top. <laughs> Surface tension. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Someone's screaming at us. Some science teacher is screaming at us while listening to this right now. I just searched what is the top of the puddle called? <laughs> <laughs> the top of the wait, wait, what? Wait, it is a meniscus. It's a fucking meniscus. Wait, I couldn't hear you. The You're balance, screaming too loud. Hold on. Oh, the balance between the cohesion of the liquid and its adhesion to the material of the container determines the degree of wetting, the contact angle, and the shape of the meniscus. It's a fucking meniscus. Fuck. Damn. When cohesion dominates, the wetting is low, and the meniscus is convex at a vertical wall. I do, okay. I do know about convex and concave. I remember that. Meniscus. What was our point? What were we talking about? <laughs> we're talking about how high the toilet paper is layered in the <laughs> toilet. So it goes from meniscus to... <laughs> so I think the toilet paper on the water surface helps break some of the tension of the meniscus. You're Which is, joking, there's tension Caroline. at the top of the water. No, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. No, no, no. I, mean, I know you're not joking. What I'm saying is it's a joke that you are describing this in a scientific way. And like, well, you're I'm correct. I'm a scientist. And I'm you're scientist. being correct about it. I'm being correct. Do you think I'm not sometimes correct about shit? Sometimes I'm correct, Jess. I'm so proud of you. I'm so turned on right now. Oh, my God. Sometimes I'm correct, y'all. And, um, yeah, but also why do you need to do this? Why do you need to do this? We know you're peeing in there. You better be peeing in there or else now I'm actually concerned. You better be peeing in there. It is funny, though. There's a comedian in Chicago. Her name is Kristen Toomey. And she has this joke about the women's restroom and how much we tiptoe around, like, what's actually happening in there. Even when you open a tampon wrapper and put it in the 
little trash can thing, you're like so quiet about it. You're like, how, you know, what would happen if somebody heard this rapper and you don't yeah. want anyone imagine you're peeing and then a little toot comes out. That's the most shameful thing that could happen in a public bathroom. Like we yeah. are so shy about what's going on in there, but I don't know. We're all doing it. It always fascinates me. It is interesting. I think I always think it's so funny when I'm um, going into a stall. We're like, OK, like, let's say I was, I'm in a restaurant with you and I'm standing with you in like the main part of the restaurant. I would not just like make eye contact with you and like fart while maintaining our con- <laughs> eye contact. But if we go in this other room and put basically just like it's like putting a curtain between us it doesn't touch the floor like we the sound goes all around i could be a, a total of a foot and a half from you i'll just like rip it right like it's such a weird rip. funny th- thing i don't know that's what i always think about it is actually that is a funny way of putting it i mean there's also certain etiquette like this is actually what that joke i was referencing is by kristen to me okay. it's something about when you walk into the bathroom and there's a woman already in there and you can't hear her peeing. So you kind of know mm-hmm. that she's doing the other thing. She's up to no good. She's up to dirty business. And she heard you walk in. And so she like sucked it up. You know what I mean? When you, when there, there's almost like a standoff. It's a Mexican that standoff. It's, it's a, a standoff. standoff. Yeah, it's a standoff. Two women. Mexican and, standoff. and the right thing to do is like, I don't know. I say, I let don't me know watch. what the right thing to do is leave and come back or. um, Oh, what the fuck? Like, get over it. I feel like get over it. I mean, I don't leave and come back, but I feel like get over it and do what you have to do. You know, I know. But when it's specifically when there's two people only, oh, oh. you have no you have no protection. Like when there's three people, <laughs> you don't know who was doing what. When there's two people, you know <laughs> what person a was doing and person b was doing and there's a little bit of a standoff like when you go in the stall and pee you're hoping that person the first person is also making sounds so that it's not just your stream of pee illuminating the the chambers of the bathroom and like bouncing off the walls i don't know it's um it's just a weird thing it's just a weird dynamic that we all know and nobody really knows why it's happening, but it will happen forever. It's such a funny thing. I feel like the distinction for me, I do also get it. I do relate. It's tough when it's just one-on-one. Yeah. I think I care, but I also kind of give so little fucks about what strangers think of me. Like a total stranger, that's very different to me than walking into the bathroom with like someone you vaguely know or something. Then, yeah, like then I feel wedding. pretty self-conscious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But literally, I don't know. It's not that I don't care at all what strangers think, but less and less, I'm like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time to drag this out so that someone I'll never fucking see again has to hold the knowledge that I once went to the bathroom when they also right. were going to the bathroom. I don't have the fucking How dare time. You? I don't have the fucking time to care about that. I will never see you again. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. But I will never, I will never do it around you. Me? Yeah, because we know each other. Whoa. If you... (laughs) You're so flattered. (laughs) I'm like, I'm special. (laughs) If you came to visit me for a weekend and stayed here, Uh, do you think that you would have trouble pooping in my apartment? 
because you'd be nervous that I'm he- I'm nearby. Let me tell you something right now. That's the ultimate form of flattery and respect if you were constipated for your visit. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Okay, here here are a couple things. I'm so I am uncomfortable talking about this because Justin and I have never acknowledged we have never acknowledged. There's been no acknowledgement. That's where we are in a relationship. There's no acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. And he listens to every episode. So popping that popping that cherry for you, Justin. And um, and it's funny because I don't know, it, it, which is a ridiculous scenario to be in because I have IBS. Like I am, <laughs> I am chronically ill. I was like not in like a in a light way. Like I've been prescribed medication chronically because I'm a fucking mess. Yeah, I do still kind of get uncomfortable with it. I will kind of announce things to friends because sometimes I get so sick. Um, <laughs> the fr- actually, the fr- this is a, a terrible story and a cute story. Can I tell a story real quick? Yeah, yeah, please. The night uh, that like Justin and I like first said I love you to each other, the next morning I had plans to go meet my friend Ashley for brunch. And I met my friend Ashley for brunch and I was suddenly violently, violently ill. So ill that we were in a restaurant, a nice restaurant, and I had to go to the bathroom and they had, I was in the bathroom like six different times at brunch, just like for like no discernible reason, so violently ill, I couldn't sit up. And eventually I was like sitting in the toilet and I, I don't know why I was like, I'm going to have to lay on the floor. Like I just knew that like I was oh so God. ill. I was like, I, I just have to like be on the floor in a public bathroom. This is how bad it was. I'm not comfortable with public bathroom floors more than anyone is, but like, this is how sick I was. And eventually I had to fully undress and lay down on the bathroom floor, a public restroom bathroom floor. It was like a single unit, you know, you could like lock the door. And I just was like prostrated naked on the bathroom floor for like 20 minutes. And like, this is what happens to me. Sometimes I'm in so much pain. Like I've gone to the ER and eventually like whatever was happening to my intestines passed. And I got up and then I like went and sat back with my friend, Ashley. And we had just been waiting for that whole time. She was just waiting. Yeah. She was just waiting for like 45 minutes. And then I came and sat back at the table and like didn't say anything about being on the bathroom floor. And I was just like, I think this is the best day of my life. And she was like, what? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm talking about how Justin told me that he loved me. And she was just like, you, that is the thing you said after you spent the last 40 minutes naked on a public bathroom floor. <laughs> Did you bring your phone with you to the bathroom? Like, could you at least text her and say, like, this is what's happening? I, I was going, I went to the bathroom like six times. So she knew I was like ill. She, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, if you had an Apple watch, that wouldn't have been an issue. <laughs> God damn it, she's collect. God damn it, she's collect. I have no qualms about talking poop, like in public with my boyfriend. I don't know. I don't know why that is. I just feel like everybody it's does probably it. It's more mature. I know it is more mature, probably. Yeah, I did a whole. <laughs> the last stand-up set that I did was largely about times that I've pooped myself in public. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes listeners ask, Jess, like, what's your stand-up been about before? Like, would love to see you. Like, that's what it's about. So if you don't like so- that. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's about. You say so dismissively. It's nothing deep. It's nothing. <laughs> it's just getting stuff off my chest that. I know. That I feel like everyone has dealt with at some time or another. 
Totally, totally. And it's it's great because it is relatable. So it is great for stand up. But I think I want to be a little less relatable in my relationship. I don't want to be that relatable. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I won't go into as much detail, I guess. But if my boyfriend were to come to that stand up show, then he would hear it all. I wouldn't censor the show just because he was in the audience or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We are very we're very open about like, oh, my tummy is a rumble and I need to go do this, whatever. We don't we don't shy away from it with each other. But I'm not describing it in detail either. I'm still a lady. Yeah. yeah, There's there's yeah, there's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I had um. I hadn't so this and it's also I don't know it's like I could I think I can hear right now the criticisms of like me not talking about this in a relationship people like I feel like kind of have strong opinions on it and like oh you're not being honest and vulnerable if blah 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 Ugh, blah whatever um, whatever and I but the thing is I I think I was like much more explicit probably in my last relationship and this was I don't know, something we talked about. And I kind of, I don't know, I kind of felt like I had an aunt who was like, you should be able to sit in the bathroom with your partner and like they be in there while you're pooping. That's what intimacy is. And I think I had that in my head for a while. I just like took her word for it. And like that could be true for someone. Um, I don't think it's like true or not. I guess that's your opinion. But I don't know why coming into a new relationship, I was like, I don't know, there's I think it sounds kind of nice to preserve that, like, you get to wonder some things about me, like it's the fucking 17th century and I have, like, a dressing room and, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I kind of like preserving, you know, it's not going to be preserved for long because eventually you have a baby or something and whatever. That's what I was just but, thinking. Like, at some point, you know, you're together long enough, you have health issues, yeah, you get pregnant, like, whatever it is, and they're going to see they're going to see like everything and more. Um, but I get it, like preserve it while you can. And I do think it's funny that people feel so strongly about this. Like I do it my way and yeah. you do it your way. And I don't really care. I really don't judge it. I don't think it's like gross. I think it's nice to just like preserve some things. In the same breath, I'm anticipating people telling me like, oh, Jess, like you should you know, keep some mystery. Like, I'm sorry, if you've ever met me or listened to me talk on this podcast, you know, there's no mystery here. So I'm just being my goddamn self. Like, do what you want. I'm not saying it's the right or wrong thing to do. It's just like, what in this relationship feels natural? And maybe it would be different in a different one. Whatever. Whatever. I think yours is honestly the more right one. Mine is, um, you know, it's, it's younger but we went on we went on a trip recently, I will say, and I got like violently ill on this trip and we we're sharing a hotel room together and I was so sick. I was like, I can't use this bathroom. And eventually it got to the point where I was like, Justin, I will be downstairs in the lobby bathroom and I will see you later. And it was like I feel like that was like very hard for me to say, but it is an issue. Like I get like pretty regularly violently ill. The end. Was that long enough to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, we're so done. Stupid. We're done. We're fucking done. So a listener wrote in a few weeks ago. I've honestly been sitting on this. No pun intended. We'll get there. Um, I've been sitting on this for a while. <laughs> and it's just the funniest <laughs> DM to me. She I'm writes. So excited. Hey, y'all. I have a girly question that could be for the hot takes or maybe just an educational discussion on the pod. Colon. 
sitting on his face, question mark. Mm, mm, mm. I responded and said, hi, girly. Love it. But can you clarify what the question is? (laughs) Do we like it? Do we recommend it? Do we have tips for it? Something else? She asked if it's really that popular. Um, it sounds uncomfortable to hover over like that. Is it literally sitting? Sounds tough for the poor boy, though. <laughs> Appreciate your experience review. Okay. You're a cutie. And I thought it was hilarious. And <laughs> I would like to address that I, a 32-year-old woman of the world, <laughs> didn't sit on a man's face until very recently. Been eaten out is one thing. Sitting on the face like a position to be eaten out in. Um, I didn't experience until somewhat recently in my sexual career, I like to call it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I kind of got like I had empathy for this question because I was like, people just say that and take it for granted as like like 69ing in a way. Like it's just this sexual act and like that's just what happens. But it it always I always wondered, like, how does that logistically work? And let me this is the only thing I have to say about it for this young lady who might want to know, is this worth it? Does it is it painful for the boy? Like, that's exactly the reason you do it. <laughs> that's exactly the reason you do it, my girl. That's <laughs> what? So straight up, you're putting you're putting all your weight. You're putting all your weight on his face. (laughs) Not all my weight. I was laughing because that's not what you do. (laughs) Not all my weight, but like not no weight. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm doing a hover. I'm doing a hover. I'm doing a hover that doesn't carry all of my weight. My knees are starting to hurt. I'm yeah. I I have yeah, needs yeah, yeah. too. Can't do it that long. Can't do it for that long. I'll yeah. let it go a little. I'll let I'll let the hover drop a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm picturing it as a, like a bench with like one of the legs starts falling out. <laughs> it's like dropping. Yeah. One of the kicked out one of the legs from the we table. We have to finish. It's coming I'm, down. Not, I'm moving until we're done here. That's so funny. Yeah, it is a hover. It is a hover. Yeah, I think it's, it's a little easier if you can like stabilize yourself on like a headboard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lean onto a headboard. Yes. He- head head against the wall. Take a nap. I just set up a headboard yeah. today. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, thanks. Lot, you're gonna do a lot of hovering. Yeah. Maybe I won't be like completely <laughs> sitting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you have nothing to hold on to, then it sounds it's unpleasant. hard. It's hard to do for a long time. That's just that's just like that's just like a thigh exercise and at it's that like, point. Yeah, I go to the gym so that I can, you know, for functional strength training, and one function is sex. Yeah, to squat on yeah, your face. Yeah, so like I I know how to squat. <laughs> I can I can lift two hundred fifty pounds while I squat. However. I'm sore from the gym. This is the problem with going to the gym. It's like I train to be able to do things with my body, but then I'm so sore that I can't do it with my body when it like actually comes in handy in my day to day life. Oh yeah, that's so, funny. I don't know. You just you just do it. Yeah, I think a lot of guys really like it. I do think it's kind of a thing like 69 where guys are a little more. 
probably average guy who likes it is probably a little more into it than the girl. I I I also enjoy laying down and doing this. I I don't know if we totally. could try this laying down, but um, I enjoy a hover. I like a hover. It doesn't feel different for the girl. Like if that's the question. Well, I would say you're you're less relaxed. That's, that's true. What feels different. Is you're less fucking relaxed. Yeah, that's true. Not me. But I still not enjoy. Me, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> not not me. <laughs> okay, that was it. That was the DM. I thought she was so cute. I hope that answered whatever the question was. Somebody wrote in and just said best sandwich. I do love a sandwich. I can talk about it. Something about the phrase best sandwich just made me laugh. Like if I had a band, maybe I'd call them best sandwich that. or something. I don't know. Just I don't even I don't even need to I don't even need to answer the question. I don't know a good answer, but I just I liked I liked the phrase. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> just that's what you want to know from us. What's the best sandwich, Jess? <sighs> I mean, I actually don't have an answer ready. I think I'm more it speaks to me because sandwiches are one of my favorite foods like probably tacos are my mm-hmm. favorite food and sandwiches are my second favorite food so and sandwiches are tacos so no <laughs> <laughs> they kind of are it's just like different small bread tacos are sandwiches or sandwiches are tacos that was crazy tacos tacos are sandwiches they're basically sandwiches right Okay. It is food between bread, but a tortilla is so different. It's like some people believe a hot dog is a sandwich. I don't want to get mad right now. I'm having a nice Friday. Well, (laughs) (laughs) no, I don't know. I don't actually know what the best sandwich is. I just know that I love sandwiches. So maybe I'll report back on this if I do some thinking. I'll do some journaling and get to the bottom of it and let you guys know soon. Okay. Sandwiches are the reason I don't cook because I like any any food that I could spend an hour making. I like as much as any sandwich. That is such so well said. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Parenting your parents. Ugh. Um, my answer is yes. <laughs> oh, do it. Oh, no, just like. Yes, this happens, I guess. Yes, this is a thing. Yeah. Yes, I see you. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I don't know if I'm recommending it. I just think it happens. And I understand why. Because even if you just think about like how much more younger generations have gotten in touch with themselves and access therapy and like all mental health talk is normalized and all of that compared to our parents generation um i feel like a byproduct of that is that we have the tools and the language and the self-awareness to like address certain things in a healthier way and so sometimes if you're in conflict with your parents or if you're talking to them and they're not seeing something the same way as you or whatever, um, you notice that the way they are carrying themselves in a certain situation could be improved. Like there's a inclination to want to teach them how to be better. I guess the other side of that though, is like, it's not your damn job. It's not your damn business. Um, it might be like a hopeless, a futile, Uh, act you know like i don't know if you're gonna get anywhere so yeah that those were my thoughts when i first saw this written down 
Um, I don't have like a conclusive statement, but I can see like both sides of why this happens and why sometimes it could be um, productive and also why it could be super draining and super uh, just like non like not really result in anything productive. So, yeah, I thought it was interesting as a hot take submission. Oh, I do think it's interesting because I think you I think a lot of people think it's good that they're able mm. to do it. And I feel like mm. I, I'm a I'm a big I'm going to say offender offender because I don't actually think it's really I mean, I can only think of me and my parents. So with me and my parents, it's not a good thing to do. I do it a lot. It's my inclination. And I think I've spent all my time, all my years in therapy with them trying to teach me to stop doing it. Um, because with my parents, at least I can only speak to mine, it doesn't go anywhere. And, um, you know, I see a lot of people get excited about it. Oh, cause like, like you said, now we have the culture to do this and we have the language. Yeah, but it ain't their fucking culture and it ain't their fucking language. Like most of the time for some people, there's definitely exceptional parents out there who are like interested in a ever hearing feedback or b learning something new or c receiving criticism a lot of people and a lot of parents aren't um yeah so i think it's just it comes down to like how these how they receive feedback in general giving feedback to anybody like step one of giving someone feedback is asking if they're interested in in receiving fucking feedback and usually a lot of times they're not and it's just a drain of your energy and I don't know. I feel like I literally everything I've been told by every single therapist has been like, stop doing this. Stop it. <laughs> stop yeah. it. Um, but that but that is also specific to my dynamic with my parents. I can see and I do know some people who have parents where like there's more of a dialogue or something like that. I think you hit the nail on the head, though, about them being open to it, because there have been times when my parents have asked for my opinion or feedback on something, Um, especially my relationship with my dad is one where, like, he's pretty open to hearing my take on his take. You know, like, tell mm-hmm. me why this is wrong or tell me why you think differently. doesn't mean he's going to change his mind. And that's like something I've had to get used to and i think they have too and no one's perfect at it it's it's kind of amazing to even ask totally but then you have to be okay with the fact that you might totally express yourself in a very cohesive coherent way that makes so much sense to you and all your friends agree with you and your therapist agrees with you and it's like quote-unquote right like whatever and that they still might not change or might not see it that way or might not agree or whatever it is so right having that open dialogue and like a parent who's open to hearing your point of view on stuff is great, but you still have to know that that doesn't mean they're going to change what they're doing because of you and vice versa. You know, parents need to understand that about their kids as well. Um, So I guess that's one of the nuances that I thought about when you were talking. The other thing I think in a parent child dynamic where this is happening a lot It almost makes me wonder if there's like a tendency towards codependence there because totally it's like for for it to really, really 
deeply matter to you that your parents see something the same way as you or that you convince them of this thing or that you teach them this way of viewing the world or whatever is almost like you're so attached to what they think and you need it to align with what you think. And that is a signal of codependence in any relationship, like needing someone to see things the same way as you to align with every single aspect of you. And it's something that's really hard to separate from when it comes to family, because it's where you came from and you want it to be like in alignment with who you are. Um, But it often isn't. And that's because it's separate people. But yeah, there's just like something about a codependent family where I think it can lead to this dynamic of like overparenting your parents. And yeah, it, it goes in the reverse too. your parents over parenting you when you're maybe a grown adult at that point, um, because there's a need for like everything to match up and not an acceptance of the fact that like we're just two separate entities. You know, that's something that I've had to work on a lot. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I think a lot of people these days struggle with that that disparity and it can be really tough. I don't have that as much in my family about like different beliefs. I think the way that I struggle is is especially with family looking at them and being like, if you fucking did this differently, this thing, you would be happier. Yeah, you are making yourself miserable with this thing. That's the one that really gets to me where I'm like, if you just change this your life would be happier like i don't give a fuck if you agree with me but like you will be happier and um it's the same if they're not interested in hearing feedback doesn't matter right i think there's some value sometimes to saying something once in a lot of scenarios like saying the hard thing like once and so they've heard it they've had access to the idea if they ever end up in a time and space where they're feeling a little less on the spot and a little more open and a little mm-hmm. more reflective. Like they have access to an idea maybe they haven't had before. Um, or maybe they need some space to think about it or whatever. But saying it once, I think, can be worth a try. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then after that, and then after that, it gets kind of hard. And trusting they've heard it. You know, like Ugh. say it once and trust they've heard it. It doesn't mean anything about what they're doing is going to change. But you say it once and you trust they've heard it. And if it comes back into their, if they're able to like actually grasp onto it and accept it and move forward based on it later on, great. If they're not, I think the other thing that like, I heard my therapist in my head when you said this, um, Cause I, I am like, so with you on the piece of like, if you just did this one thing, you'd be happier. Like sometimes I think, think about friends in that way too. I see them like repeating a pattern in their life and I'm like, just like fucking, it's so obvious from the outside. But then I guess like I hit pause and I think, would they be happier? Like, how do I know what would make them happier? Yeah. Why am I so certain that the thing that I think they should do would make them happier? Like if it were me. And I were in that situation, I would maybe need to make this change and then I would be happier because I know what makes up my psyche and what my motivations are and what my values are and whatever. But how do I really know that it would make this other person happier? I don't. I'm just a little bit 
I might just be a little bit projecting. Um, obviously, there are exceptions. Like, there are certain situations that are extreme where you're like, you know, get yourself out of this abusive relationship. Yes. But I'm not talking about, you know, I'm talking about the more nuanced scenarios that like you really don't know what is going to be better for that person. You think you know and you want to help and you have the best intentions in the world. Um, and you could be right, but you also could be missing something. We also just don't know what um, journey people are on, like what path they're on. And even if it will make them happier and maybe eventually they'll make that change and that that and then they are happier. I do really believe that like um, you 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 repeat it until you learn the lesson. You repeat it until you learn the lesson, like you repeat the problem until you're ready to learn the lesson. And I think about things that I struggled with longer than some other people did. And I just don't think there was a way actually for me to learn it any faster um like i had a different set of circumstances that meant i learned some things at a different pace such as um you know learning my way out of a controlling dynamic a lot of people would have gotten out really quickly it took me a lot longer because of my circumstances and i think we all have that thing or, you know, learning, you know, you see a friend dating someone that you're like, you don't have to date this piece of fucking trash. <laughs> they are going to repeat that until they learn it. And there's probably a reason they had a different background than you where they didn't they are they are they're having to learn for the first time that they deserve good treatment. You maybe yeah. got to grow up knowing that and they probably fucking didn't. And they're having to learn it for the first time. Like you don't know where people are on their path. And I do think you kind of repeat the lesson until you're until you've absorbed it. Um, I kind of think of it as like, yeah, I don't know. You get like passed through, you get, you have to like graduate through the different levels of certain lessons. Sometimes some are longer for you. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And when it's applied to parenting your parents, and I said this in our last episode when we were talking about going home for the holidays, but there's also an element of like, your parents are who they are. Like they are fully formed. Mm -hmm adults with however many years on you and like it doesn't mean they can't change and it doesn't mean there's no room for growth of course those things are possible but to some degree like you know whereas with a peer you can be like maybe they need to learn this lesson in their own time you know their path is their path with a parent it's like they're towards the end of their path <laughs> they've learned a lot of shit they've been through a lot of stuff yeah um i'm not saying that in a morbid or like depressing way i'm just saying it as a fact like they are fully formed and if they're like i said about my dad if they're like welcoming the input then great but if they're not then like there's really only so much you can do i think that applies to everyone but i think with parents it's a little more unique because you can't count on oh, they just need to like do this over and over until they learn their yeah. lesson finally. It's like they've been doing this for 60 That's years probably. probably. Not going to. People, people mostly by and large just buckle down on their personalities yeah. and stuff and like get more intense about it. And I don't know. Yeah, talking about change, like think about something that you want to change. Somebody's like sets a goal like I really, really want to get in shape this year. That it, it, It's what you want and think how hard it is to follow through on making that change, let alone making someone else follow through on a change they're not fucking interested in. Like, yeah, yeah pretty hard. Like, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know. And then in the meantime, you're just, what you are getting is more strife. 
in your relationship. That's what you get instead. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's way more about acceptance than anything. Like accepting Ugh, that this so is hard. who they are and this is the parent you have. And if certain parts of it don't work, you set boundaries. And if certain parts of it do work, then you accept those parts. And even with boundary setting, it's like you accept that that's who you are and that you say, I can't see you because of this, or I can only see you for dinner, but I'm not going to stay over or I'm, you know, whatever your boundary is, or we don't talk about these things with each other, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually accepting the person and then determining what you're going to do about it as opposed to trying to change them. Yeah. If they're not open to hearing it. I think that's, it comes down to acceptance and it's the hardest. It's the hardest. What do you think about thongs? <laughs> that's another hot take. I don't like them, but I wear them pretty often, you know? Yeah. Not for anyone, not for the male gaze. I feel like growing up and like finding out that thongs were a thing when Britney Spears toxic video came out, I was like, oh, like, oh, oh, is there a thong in that? Probably. I think she, she used to wear, and probably a lot of like pop stars and celebrities did in this era of like the nineties and two thousands. The thongs that would peek out of the pants. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, 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 So that awakened me to the fact that thongs exist because I was like, I don't know, 10 or whatever. Um, and. Oh my gosh. When I, so when I was younger, like what a thong was, was something that's like sexy for the male gaze. Like that's what like mm. hot pop stars where that's what when i'm like older and i want to attract men like it's all about thongs you know and then you get older and you live life and you realize that's not that's not i don't know that doesn't really play into anything <laughs> like that's just not a factor um it's not that <laughs> i've been getting through life without thongs what, <laughs> what underwear i'm wearing doesn't really matter that much to somebody else so thongs are way more functional to me of like totally for no panty lines you know yeah 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 Yeah. seamless underwear or like seamless thong for no panty line a thong with like a strap that has more of like the strap that's not the seamless kind is like the biggest line you could ever have you know when it's like you know what i mean a thong they're usually like like a g-string you mean i get i guess so well so i guess it's just some underwear has like more of like a elastic in the strap and then it's like digging into extra yeah the rim and it's like okay this is the worst underwear pairing for this to wear with this skirt or whatever but i feel like in general with i think lingerie is the biggest bullshit ever not that i don't have sexy underwear or whatever but y'all it's coming off of amazon because let me tell you what yeah when you spend a hundred dollars or something on a sexy pair of underwear or a little set fucking cami comes off just as fast as if you're wearing a paper bag i feel like <laughs> yeah they don't it's not appreciated long like i i've had moments of like the underwear being appreciated but not more than like 12 dollars worth of a moment oh totally you know? it's the biggest yeah. waste of waste of money and such a fucking scam it's really more for me when i wear something yeah. like that like me to feel particularly hot or like i put a certain effort in or whatever um but yeah it's like 
it comes right off. It comes right off. The quality doesn't matter. Definitely get it on Amazon. The quality does not. It's probably going to rip, actually. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be filthy and it's going to rip. Mm hmm. Uh, sometimes that hand goes straight to like the bra class. I'm like, excuse me, right. can we take a moment to smell the flowers, please? Let's have like, some reverence. I feel like mom at the dinner table being like, hold on, let's say grace. grace. Like, come <laughs> on. I know. Are you thankful or what? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. But I'm wearing one right now. I'm wearing a song right now. For the panty line, because I'm wearing leggings. I'm wearing leggings. Oh, true. I'm not. I'm wearing granny panties and no pants. I'm not wearing pants right now, guys. You're just wearing your underwear? Yeah. I was That's really cute. hot earlier. Like, right before we started recording, I was, Still like, are. building this headboard. Thank you. Building this headboard so I have something to hold on to when I'm sitting on his face. And <laughs> <laughs> I got really this sweaty. This is a weird episode. <laughs> I got really sweaty and hot building this thing. And so I took off my pants and then I was like, I'm just going to stay pantsless for this recording. And it feels really good. Nice. Yeah, that's nice. That feels good to me. Thank you. Yeah, this is a weird episode, mostly weird shit. And then we threw in like a very real conversation about parental relationships. I wanted to because I wanted to. No, I think it's great. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't regret it at all. I'm just like, I love that. We do that. There's like <laughs> only a half a breath between um, us all mourning our parents' death and limitations and talking about what underwear we're wearing. Listen, this is how my brain works. That's how my, that's all I ever want. Like, I, I can't listen to something or watch something that's like all one note. That's, I think that's why, you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. 100%. I do want to make a shout as we close out here. Um, for a very exciting announcement, which is that oh my God. if you follow us on Instagram, then you already know. Um, and, and I do apologize to those of you who don't have Instagram and just didn't have the opportunity to see this there. But we had to scale this. We had to do it in phases. But now we're really excited to share that we've launched a merch store to celebrate our one year anniversary. This episode actually comes out what? exactly yeah! a year after we dropped our very first episode. Um, oh, my God freaking exciting so to celebrate check out our merch store i'm gonna link it in the description of the episode but it's not for everyone pod like the same with the number four in there the same thing that we always say at the end of every episode dot shopify or dot my shopify.com i know that's a mouthful it'll be linked um go check it out we have hats we have stickers we have so mugs. cute it's pretty cute you get to pick a team you get to pick are you a lover team? Are you a hater team? And we don't we don't care which one you're on. Oh, we don't care. We don't take offense. But some people have ordered both. Yeah. It's cute. My own mother, I was I was offering to my own mother and I was like, Mom, do you want a hater hat? Blah, 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 blah. And she was like, I would never be a hater. I am not a hater. First of all, the most hater sentence you ever said. But my <laughs> my own mother says that she's team lover, <laughs> team lover. That's so cute. Just as just pick your team. Let us know. My mom also ordered the lover hat. I'm really excited for the yeah. two of them to run into each other at like the giant in Bethesda, both wearing their lover hats. <laughs> and my sister, I've talked about this, but she historically is a hater. Her Instagram when she used to have social media was at Haitlin. Um, her name's Caitlin. And she Aww. texted me and was like, wait, do I get the hater hat because I'm a hater or do I get the lover hat because it's you? 
And I was like, just get she gets both what you want. She got lover. I think I'm going to have to. She complained about shipping costs. I'm going to have to give her the hater hat for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hater if I've ever heard one. Um, but yeah, guys, check that out the merch store. Fucking, she complained to her sister. She compl- I was like, costs. you're supporting my business. <laughs> <laughs> the shipping cost is standard shipping. It's standard shipping. No one touched the shipping cost. I'm sorry about shipping, guys. Okay. Go buy it, though. Okay. That's funny. That's a funny joke from her. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll have her on one day. All right, this has been Not For Everyone. You listened, and that's on you. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Not For Everyone Pod, number four. I would follow on Instagram so you can get in on all the secrets. Comment on our post, comments if you want to send in a hot take, a topic request, a what to do. Sometimes the what to do's are more personal, so you can DM that stuff. Um, Jay-Z DeBakey on Instagram, Caroline Winkler on YouTube, Abby fucking Prince Newhouse, editing and producing. Love you to death. Kisses till you die. It's always fun when we come back from a break and I'm like, where have you been all my life?